When I was just uh, a few years old, one of the secretaries said, Sherry, what is, you know, Santa going to bring you for Christmas? And I said, oh, I don't know, but, you know, it's the birth of Jesus. Christmas is the birth of Jesus. So I grew up like that, but I did not grow up celebrating Advent. But a few years back, while I was in Mongolia, I celebrated my very first Advent. There was an online devotional that I joined, and I did it by myself because my kids were teenagers, and they, were, they had no interest of joining Mom every night around the Christmas tree at that time. And it changed my Christmas. And so I just want to encourage you, if you've never done Advent before, try it this year. Want to talk missions? Hey, I'm Dan Henenfit, Executive Director of Cup of Cold Water Ministries, where we are 100% involved in missions by helping people to go where God has called them to serve. This is Chapter 3 of our podcast, and today's episode is called One Baby for the World. We will be taking a closer look at Advent, the four weeks leading up to the celebration of the birth of Christ. And sometimes we go around the world to interview missionaries for our podcast, Want to Talk Missions, but sometimes we just go next door. Today's guest is an eight-year veteran of missions work in Mongolia, and for the past three years, she has been the special director of events and communications for our organization, Cup of Cold Water Ministries. She's also an accomplished public speaker and fledgling writer with a blog, a featured bi-weekly newspaper article, and a just-published book titled One Baby for the World. I want to welcome Sherry Tverdik. Welcome to Wanna Talk Missions. Thanks, Dan. Is that me? I can't believe that's me. Yeah, it's you. This is what you've uh, you've come to made out of your life, right? That's exciting. That's what God can do. It is exciting. Since you, uh, you've written the devotional called One Baby for the World, we want to talk a lot more about that in the podcast, but I'm going to tell the listeners right up front where they can get that book. They can get that on our website, which is ccwm.org. Now, Sherry, you, your husband, and four children spent eight years on the mission field serving in Mongolia. What was the nature of your ministry there, and how did that season of life impact you since you've returned to the U.S.? Great question, Dan. So the the nature of our ministry was to show up, because that's what we felt that God called us to do, show up in a new place far from home and um, see where God was working in the slum gear district of Mongolia. And where he wanted us to join him was um, working for an organization called Flourishing Future, which had an outreach to families and people living in extreme poverty. My husband directed Flourishing Future, and then God opened the doors for me to be the advisor of a home for street girls called Desert Rose. And then on top of that, we accidentally planted a church and made a lot of amazing relationships with Mongolians. Now, since you've come back to the U.S., you know, you've had a reverse culture shock, I would imagine. If, if, could you imagine your life today if you had not had those eight years in Asia? How would it be different? I don't want to imagine my life without that. I, I don't know who I would be, and of course, it's all hypothetical. But um, I started out as just, I say, a very spoiled American woman who had a beautiful life just in uh, a nice community in Midwest. And I like to say I was privileged enough to get to float around in my pool while my husband worked and uh, be a stay-at-home mom. 
You know what? I don't think any of those things are bad, but the gift of missions um, was just a transformation of my life, gave me a new worldview and a love for people and for Jesus that I don't know that I would have if I hadn't gone. We could spend a long time talking about you and missions and your experience in Mongolia, but our focus today is really more on Advent, the, the season leading up to our celebration of the birth of Christ. And I've heard Advent being described as awaiting for the momentous. For example, when I was 15, I couldn't wait to be 16, mm-hmm. get my driver's license. Mm-hmm. When I was 21 or 20, I couldn't wait to be 21 for a variety of reasons. Yes. And et cetera, et cetera. I'm 64. I can't wait to be 65. That kind of thing. <laughs> well, really? maybe I could. Maybe I could wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what does Advent mean to you, and especially in the context of Christmas and, and to Christ followers? Advent for me now is a time to slow it down and sort of savor December, um, because I think the tendency is we pack our schedules. We rush through, we get to Christmas morning, and um, and then it's over. And Advent is a time to slow it down in your own heart and savor it and really experience what Christmas is supposed to be, which is this, this beautiful celebration of our freedom and our redemption. I think we miss that. I think we miss December. So for me, that's what, what Advent is for. Slow it down. Mm-hmm. Slow it down. I want to talk about the title, One Baby for the World. For those who maybe don't get it, why would you say one baby? What's one baby for the world? The one hope that we have is Jesus. When I was on furlough, I came home to my home church, and it was around Christmas time, and there was a video. And I just, for me, it was, it just shook me to the core. And it was a picture of the earth spinning, and um, you got to see flashes of everything happening on planet Earth, um, from the good, the bad, the ugly, the horrible, the joyous, um, and people suffering, a lot of suffering. And then all of a sudden, you sort of see it pan down from, from the universe quickly down into the globe, and all of a sudden, you hear a baby's cry. And um, that was to show us that baby was God coming down to us. And everything hung on that one baby. And it just floored me that God would use a baby of all things to come and save us, one baby for the entire world. And um, that's really where the title kind of stuck in my heart. I had heard it before from my dad. My dad had, I share this in the book, he made a nativity for me. I was obsessed with Mary when I was a child, and we were not Catholic, uh, but for me, I, I couldn't understand why we couldn't have a Virgin Mary in our yard like some of our neighbors did, and um, he knew how much I loved the story of the nativity. So he made me, for a gift one year, out of some leftover wood, he made me a barn, and it looked like a barn. It did not look like the nativity that, you know, the little triangular little house. And I was an ungrateful little girl and a little critical of his piece. And I told him, you know, this just doesn't look like a nativity. This doesn't look like it's supposed to look. And he told me, Sherry, it's not what's on the outside that matters about this barn. What matters is what was on the inside. And it was one baby, one baby that saved the whole world. And um, so my dad gave me the title when I was probably five or six years old, 
and it one day became a book. That's amazing. <laughs> what a great story. What a great dad you have, by the way. Yes, I do. Hey, I wonder, would you uh, do us a favor and read uh, one of the uh, devotionals, or at least part of one, give us a flavor for what it might sound like? Okay, I'm going to read from December 1st, the very first Advent, where you would start. And remember, each day you read an Advent, there's an Engage section at the bottom to give you an activity that you do personally to help uh, really solidify what we've read. So we're starting with December 1st, which happens to be my very first Bible verse, my very favorite Bible verse, Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. It was dark. The world was dark. The people felt it. They understood darkness. Dark governments, dark families, dark hearts. The words of Isaiah fell as a hope to the burdened listeners. Dark eyes staring back at the prophet. Oh, how they needed a counselor, a mighty God to free them. Oh, how the broken home needed a father who would never leave. Peace, Israel needed peace. Of course they did. But an everlasting peace sounded like a fairy tale. Imagine a government that was fair and just. Heads shake at the thought. That'll never happen. Or so they thought. Yet the old prophet was certain, peering far away into the future to a time no one else could. To Israel, the words were more like a hopeful dream. They could only wait and see if Isaiah's words were a prediction or ramblings of a crazed lunatic. Thousands of years later, I enter a cold, dark tent, a home called Agar. I'm in Mongolia, and this is my first week on the mission field. Inside, I find no fire, even though the temperature outside falls far below freezing. I'm here on a family visit, but in this home, I see no adults, only two small babies, no more than weeks old. I spot them side by side, all bundled up in thick quilts with tiny round faces peeking out. I watch their breathing as the air is so cold, their little breath catches small puffs of steam, making it possible for me to see they are living. I am here with the poorest of the poor, perhaps for the very first time in my life. I have entered in. I'm going to stop there, Dan. I'm going to stop there because if you want to read <laughs> oh, the Oh, come rest, on. Come on. You're going to stop there in the middle, huh? <laughs> hey, the book, 100% of the proceeds go to missions. So I got to give a little teaser. Uh, Sherry, for someone who's maybe doesn't have any connection at all with missions or missions of life, what would you want them to take away from the experience of reading One Baby for the World? My hope is that as they read through the Advent, the story that we hear over and over again um, becomes alive for them. And they, they can see themselves right there with Mary and Joseph, with the shepherds, with the wise men. Um, they begin to see the humanity of the nativity story. And, uh, and that they can go, oh, okay, this makes sense. I could almost see this happening today in today's world. And um, that the nativity story becomes real and something for them to get excited about. Well, Sherry, uh, writing has become a large part of your identity. And I especially enjoyed your Write Team article. The, one that, the, the title was, Jesus Keeps Going, 
even if you're shooting. <laughs> that was a little controversial, <laughs> but I'm glad you liked it. I, I still see the picture of, uh, I think it's an image of, of Jesus in Beirut or someplace like that. Mm-hmm. And there are bullet marks all over mm-hmm. and around him. And, and uh, you know, you can shoot Jesus, but he gets he up and goes going. anyway, right? He keeps going. So my question is this, where did you, or when did you get the bug to begin writing? Oh, I have written uh, ever since I was, since I learned to to spell. <laughs> you don't have to be a good speller to be a good writer, okay? But since the, the words were able to be put together, I have written. My mom had saved collections of things that I wrote. That's how I've always expressed myself. I call it my therapy, and uh, I seem to work out and process my life through writing. Um, so it's just, it's a beautiful um, way that God has given me to express what he's done in my life and what I've learned on my journey. What are some of the personal costs to you of writing? What's it like to put put yourself out there where other people can comment and criticize and or you know, say good things or mm-hmm. not so good things? Oh, it's a growing experience for sure. But you know, when a lot of writers say, I don't care who writes or who reads, I, I just want to get my words out. And I've never felt that way. Every time I write, I imagine my audience before I write. I imagine maybe where they're at, what they're feeling, what they might need. And and I want people to read. And when people read, uh, people are blessed and people criticize. And it all happens at the same time. And I think um, when you are a writer, it's it's almost like exposing your heart out to the public. And you have to be ready for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and just make sure that you're writing what you believe God wants you to put on paper. So if you put something out there and someone takes a, a negative position, and they say, oh, that's that's bad. How could you do that? Bad person. Mm-hmm. What would you like to say? I, you're very good at not retaliating. <laughs> but if you could just whisper in their ear, what would you want them to know? Oh, I would just say relax. Um, sometimes we get stuck on, on topics or the way that things are said. Um, and I think for any anybody's expression, we need to listen, read between the lines sometimes and relax. And um, and also, as much as I'm writing for others, I'm also very cautious to write what I believe God wants me to say. So um, I think I'm doing my best to put out there for the world what will inspire and encourage. So my intention is is good. My intention is right, for sure. You're not trying to stir up trouble? I'm not trying to stir up trouble. <laughs> You're not trying to make me mad? <laughs> <laughs> no, even by talking about Jesus getting shot. Um, but I'm trying to, what I what I hope to do is to in- encourage people to get closer to Jesus and take a closer look at who he really is. And I'm learning, too. I do, I'm not a pastor. There's a reason for that. Um, I am learning as I go, and I'm expressing that in, in what I write. I want to give you a chance to plug your, your um, blog. You do write a, a, a blog and mm-hmm. uh, from time to time, right? Yes. How can people find that? Well, they oh, this is so hard. I, I've had complaints about my blog name. Okay, we can attach it to this to the link here, but it's tverdicsinmongolia.blogspot.com. But you know what? If they go to my new website, Swimming in Awkward, everything is link, linked there, and I think that's a little easier to find. Swimminginawkward.org. Dot com. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Swimming and awkward. Okay, we'll we'll mention that again a little later on. But swimmingandawkward.com. Awesome. Um, you know, people have said to me from time to time. In fact, you said it to me once not long ago. 
you know, you ought to write a book, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, what advice would you give to beginning writers or someone who decides, you know, I think I will write a book? <laughs> oh, I... <laughs> I should not give writing advice, <laughs> but I will give, um, I, I would say, do it. Just do it. It's much, um, I think that we make it more complicated than it needs to be. Put your words out there. Get a great editor. Um, I have an amazing editor for my new book coming out, and, and she's just Shirley Baudette. She has just been a faithful friend and servant, but you need a good editor because you know what? Most writers are like me and they don't spell well or um, don't follow all the grammar rules. I really believe that a good writer is just someone who can tell a good story on paper. That makes sense because I, there's plenty of grammar Nazis out there mm -hmm. and I'm one of them. Yes, you, know, you are, I, Dan. You've I'm, made I'm a, me look very good in the past. Thank you. I, uh, <laughs> I'm a much better editor than I am an author. And you know what? Um, a wagon needs two wheels, right? <laughs> yes. And we all work together. Um, but I, I do still think you should write a book. You've got some amazing mission stories to tell. Oh, uh, thanks. So, Sherry, um, being an author and publishing your first book, which is published, by the way, by Cup of Cold Water Ministries, with all the proceeds going to Cup of Cold Water. Yes. Thank you for your generosity on that. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. I'm so excited to help missions in this way. What else is in the pipeline? My new book, Swimming in Awkward, that is almost finished. That's the one I have been wanting to write um, since I left Mongolia three years ago. And uh, that is in the very final edit process, and we are praying for a publisher to pick it up. And I just want to get it in the hands of as many people as possible. Can you give us a hint? Of course. It's, it's really my memoir. It's my story of how I was called to missions from, you know, being a soccer mom floating around in that pool, like I said. And, and I did other things, too. But the majority of my life was meant in my mind to be spent in my little home with my lilac bushes uh, around my house and, and raise my children there. So it's a story of how God called me from that place, a place of being a very fearful person, a person who had many worries. And he picked me for some crazy reason and called me into full-time missions to take our family and live in Mongolia and raise our children in Mongolia and to plant churches and do this work that was not on my radar um, so it's the story of how God did that and, uh, and, and the miracle of what he can do with all of our lives when we surrender our life to him. And we're hoping for publication sometime in spring of 2021? Early spring of 2021 would, would be um, my dream goal. Okay. Well, well, we'll keep that in prayer and be looking forward to that story. In the meantime, our guest today has been Sherry Tverdik, former missionary in Mongolia, an author of One Baby for the World, A 24 Days of Advent from a Missions Perspective. It's available at our website, ccwm.org. That's ccwm, like cup of cold water ministries, dot mm -hmm. o-r-g. Um, is it available anyplace else, Sherry? The Kindle version is on Amazon. So you can go to Amazon and find the Kindle version there. It's the hard copy book is in at Cup of Cold Water Ministries website. Awesome. Any final thoughts about uh, about that publication that you would like to share? I would. I would. I want to 
talk about Advent just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was intimidated by Advent. As I write in the book, I grew up in a home that kind of tried to erase commercialism out of out of Christmas. We still had Christmas trees and, and gifts and things, but my parents uh, really stressed the story of Jesus to us. So much so that when I was just uh, a few years old, uh, my mom loved to tell the story that I was in the doctor's office, and as most adults do to children, one of the secretaries said, Sherry, what is you know Santa going to bring you for Christmas? And I said, oh, I don't know, but, you know, it's the birth of Jesus. Christmas is the birth of Jesus. So I grew up like that, but I did not grow up celebrating Advent. And Advent was very intimidating. When I thought about um, people that celebrated Advent, I thought those were the people that had all their life together and had some kind of extra amount of time in December to do this big family project every night. Um, and, And it didn't seem like something I could do. But a few years back, while I was in Mongolia, I celebrated my very first Advent. There was an online devotional that I joined, and I did it by myself because my kids were teenagers and they were they had no interest of joining mom every night around the Christmas tree at that time. And it changed my Christmas. It slowed it down, like I said. And so I just want to encourage you, if you've never done Advent before, try it this year and see how it does slow down Christmas and kind of savor it. Like, you know, not chewing the chocolate, but leaving it in your mouth for a little bit and tasting it. And I really want to encourage you to try it this year. You've been listening to Want to Talk Missions, a production of Cup of Cold Water Ministries. Our guest has been author and speaker Sherry Taverdick. She can be reached by email at sherry at ccwm.org or by her website, swimminginawkward.com. That's right. I'd love to hear from you. Please leave a review of our podcast, and we would love it if you join us on our Facebook page at Cup of Cold Water Ministries, and that's ministries plural, Cup of Cold Water Ministries on Facebook. And again, our website is ccwm.org. Want to talk missions? Come talk with us. Cup of Cold Water Ministries is helping people to go where God has called them to serve.